welcome back to Gal on the Go Unplugged. My guest today is Gina Scarpa, a professional voiceover actress. Gina has spent over a decade on her craft, including national TV and radio commercials, video game characters, and more. She is also the founder, owner, and creative director of Positive Voices Studio, which she provides coaching and educational programming for children, teens, and rising adult voice actors. Hi, Gina. Hey, thank you so much for having me. I think it's so funny that the name of the podcast is Gal on the Go, because I'm like Gal on the Stay Put. I don't really go anywhere. <laughs> I just work from home full time. I feel like I never go anywhere. So this is perfect. Thank you so much for having me today. Well, thank you for coming on Unplugged. And we're like yin and yang of each other, I guess. Exactly. (laughs) Well, um, I am just fascinated by, you know, your career and you as a woman. um, I just think you are just, um, you know, so enthusiastic and a spark. And um, I cannot wait. So let's share your journey with how you came into becoming a voiceover actress with our Unplugged listeners. Uh, It's kind of by accident, sort of, because I started in radio um, back in the late 90s. I had just graduated from high school and started college. I actually had my son when I turned 18, and I saw an ad in the paper that a local station was looking for a DJ. And I sent in a cassette tape that was probably terrible. (laughs) And I ended up interning at a radio station. And then within about six months, I was on the air. And I ended up being on the air in Connecticut, New York for almost 10 years. I worked my way up to uh, being on a morning show. And when I left radio, I turned to entertainment reporting, blogging, podcasting, which was super fun. And in 2014, I kind of missed radio. But I didn't quite want to go back to it. And someone said, you know, if you just get a microphone, you could probably start doing voiceover. And I didn't really even know what it was. So I just started doing little projects from home. And in 2020, I ended up kind of turning professional and going full time. And uh, it's one of the best decisions I ever made. I love it. It was just kind of a long journey to get here. And I didn't really know that this is where I was going to end up, but I couldn't imagine it any other way. Well, it, you know, it's, I, I use this a lot, this terminology, but it sounds like it was an organic journey and those are my favorite kind of journeys. So, um, and your voice is amazing. Um, do you, have you ever, like, does it come naturally for you? Have you ever taken like voice lessons of any kind or is it just your gift? Well, I grew up doing theater, so I acted and sang quite a bit when I was growing up, but I always kind of had stage fright. I never really liked being in front of people, which is why voiceover is great. Radio is great. Um, I know that uh, some people say, oh, you have a you know a great voice for voiceover or for radio, and some people will come to me for coaching and say the same kind of thing. People tell me I have a great voice, but what I learned really quickly in voiceover is that it's so not about that at all. And in the beginning, I kind of naively thought that it might help me to have maybe what some people might consider to be a nice voice or a cool sounding voice. Uh, But I learned that it's just more about kind of bringing your authentic self to the booth and being a great actor and a million other things that have nothing to do with acting at all, like being a smart business person and a great marketer and networking with people and 
so many other things. So I don't know. This is just always how I've talked. It's got kind of this like husky rasp to it, which I kind of like. And I used to try to cover it up in the beginning of voiceover. And then I just started to embrace it. And I was like, this is my voice. Take it or leave it. I love it. I love the embracing. And that's really cool because, you know, I'm sure I'm not alone in not realizing that, like, of course, all these different other components go into it. It's not just like your voice alone. But, you know, I think um, probably given the title of your job <laughs> in right, your field. Like voice actor. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but it's kind of like nice because it's it's helpful on the flip side because a lot of people will say to me, I don't think I could really be a voice actor because I don't think anyone wants to listen to my voice. And so I'm able to reassure them and say, it really doesn't have to do with that at all. It's like really just being your authentic self, which is a lot easier said than done. It was, it was really hard for me to do that at first, I think. And it took me all the way until like my 40s to really feel comfortable with who I am as a person and kind of bring that out every time I come into the booth. Oh, I love that truth. Well, okay. So um, kind of layering onto that, can you please share with listeners what an average workday is like for you? So an average workday, it's kind of hard to predict. And I remember when I first went full-time, my dad said to me, I don't know how you do this every day and you don't know like what's going to happen. You don't know if you're going to book a job. You don't know if you're going to get money. You don't know what's happening. And my dad was an educator his whole life. So, you know, like every other Friday he got his paycheck and he didn't really need to worry too much. So it's like the complete opposite of, of job security. So on an average day, I wake up pretty early and get into the booth. I either do auditions or if I have a booked job that's waiting for me because sometimes I just record them on my own. I also often do directed sessions where the producer, the engineer, the casting director, or the brand will be on the call with me and they'll direct me. I do coaching as well, uh, do my marketing. So like the average workday is just kind of nonstop and it starts early in the morning and goes late at night and no two days are the same. And I actually really like that, which is kind of funny because in the rest of my life, I always want to know what's going to happen. Like, if you tell me that there's going to be a severe thunderstorm, I will stare at the weather app for like three days in advance waiting to see what's going to happen. But I don't know what it is about voiceover. I just kind of like the unpredictability of it. Maybe that's your life balance because your job is <laughs> yeah. such like a surprise that then I just you try know, to control the counter. weather. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's like a real problem. <laughs> oh. So, okay. So with all those different types of roles, you know, I know this is probably like a difficult question to answer because of the variety aspect, but um, how do you pr prepare and, you know, process for the different things for like commercial roles versus your video game voiceover work? Um, yeah, you're right. I mean, it really depends on the project. So, you know, with any of them, I always read over my scripts beforehand. Although I will say that sometimes I get into the session and they'll say, uh, you got the latest updated script, right? And I'm like, oh uh, yeah, I have version two. They're like, oh no, we're on version seven. And I'm like, I don't have that. <laughs> so they'll send it to me like right there. And they're like, okay, let's record. So sometimes I don't really get to prepare, but 
Um, you know, with certain commercials, I might look at other things that brand has done to try to understand like what their marketing or what their voice tends to be. Um, I love video games. So um, I always get very excited when I book video games. And I might do some research on the game itself if it's already out and I'm like adding on to a game or uh, again, just like reading through the character description, the scenes, practicing beforehand if I can. Um, but yeah, every project is different. If it's medical narration, I look up how to say all the words so I sound smart. <laughs> so I sound like the expert because that, oh man, medical narration is so difficult sometimes. So I do have to do a lot of prep work in advance before I do a session. I love that you do the research and that you shared that with listeners because, you know, people might not realize um, that it could be like, you know, other things in life where they assume like you just come and you read like your script and everything's like breezy, but you actually, you know, you put in the work uh, ahead of time and take your craft very seriously. I respect that a lot. Thanks. I actually just did an audition today for... A promo for a network, and I, I, I'm just sort of new to the promo genre. So it's like you know, if you're watching Food Network and you see a commercial for Beat Bobby Flay or something like you know, that's promo for those who don't know. Or if you're watching, you know, Bravo and you see a commercial for The Real Housewives or Disney, you know, and you see Mickey Mouse Clubhouse, right? That's promo. So I, I got an audition today for promo, and I. Since I'm new to it, I wanted to just take a few extra minutes before I did the audition. So I went on YouTube and I was watching other promos from that station because I wanted to make sure that I was like in the zone and in the tone that they're looking for. So even sometimes for auditions before I submit, I go and, you know, do a little bit of research so that I don't shoot myself in the foot. (laughs) Well, that's very smart. Uh, I hope you get that job, by the way. Thank you, me too. I was very excited. (laughs) We'll have our fingers crossed for you. Yeah, I actually still get very excited about auditions. Like, even though I've done thousands of auditions, I don't know, there's something about like the possibility of booking it that still gets me excited. Some people don't like to audition as much in voiceover because it's such a grind and you do so many a day. Um, But like, I love it. And, And I think most people do love it. It's just, it's, it's a lot. If you want to do voiceover, just be prepared for a lot of auditions and a lot of no's along the way. Well, uh, okay. To that point, um, do you think it's your passion? Like, would you consider the voiceover work your passion because of the fact that you know it's a grind and it still brings you like joy and that kind of the thrill of the unknown if if you're going to get it and, you know, those yeah. elements? I mean... I feel like I have two passions. Like one of them is definitely teaching and helping people. And that's just something that I've always done since, you know, becoming an adult. I, I taught kids and teens for many years and I'm, I'm still super passionate about that. I love teaching my voiceover kids. They're great. And then there's this other part of me that's just passionate about voiceover itself. But even though I, I might do like a podcast interview like this, or I don't know, put videos on social media. Like I'm, I don't love a lot of attention. I just, I really love it because I feel like I get to bring a little piece of myself to everything that I do. Like every role, even if it's medical narration, it's just like me imagining myself if I was a doctor or something like that. That is real. I mean, to me, it's like so fun because I used to try to not pretend. Well, yeah, sort of like, you know, pretend to be a doctor, like with a name or something. But now I just try to put myself in this situation and say like, yeah, what would I be like if I was a doctor? And what would I be like if I was in a zombie apocalypse? And what would I be like if I was the spokesperson of, you know, if I, if I was the owner of Starbucks, I don't know. Like I, to me, that's been super fun. And, 
And I'm passionate about it because I feel like it's helped me kind of bring out my true self, which has taken me a long time to get to. Oh, I love that. (laughs) That's very cool. (laughs) Yeah, very heartwarming. (laughs) Well, uh, okay, so you've done medical that you said was challenging because the terms, which totally makes sense. You've done the video game voiceover work. You just, um, you know, auditioned for this promo. So many different types of voiceover work. What's one of the proudest jobs that you've done so far? Um, I feel like one of them would definitely be working with Xfinity because um, I booked that job myself, which was very exciting. A lot of times when you're going to book with a big brand on national TV, it comes through an agent, but I had auditioned uh, through a casting site and I I didn't even know it was Xfinity. They took the name out of the audition, so I had no idea what it was. And so I booked that one job and then they ended up liking me and they brought me back as the voice of Xfinity Rewards for a year and a half. I had like an exclusive agreement with them where I couldn't voice for any competitors. And oh, I wow. seven, yeah, yeah. Like sometimes in, in voiceover, you run into brands that want exclusivity. So it's like, okay, you can voice with this brand for a year, but you can't voice for, for any other competitors or anything like that. So that one commercial turned into seven more. And um, I was not expecting it at all. And everybody was so nice. And it was really fun and exciting. There were all these different promotions like the new Jurassic Park movie or the Minions movie. And so I would do these commercials sort of tied into that. Uh, There's one for like the Halloween movie with Jamie Lee Curtis. And then also um, booking the Walking Dead video game. Um, A, because it was video games. Uh, B, because it was the Walking Dead. And and there's such a, you know, a huge franchise and such a known commodity. And then I just loved the character itself, uh, playing this character, Sarah Kaysen. I saw a lot of similarities between us. And when I found out I booked it, I cried. (laughs) So I'd say those two stand out the most to me. But there's a lot that were super fun um, and that I really loved working on. Well, that's so cool. So, okay, a couple of things. I'm going to, my brain (laughs) is all over now. Go ahead. (laughs) So uh, you mentioned The Walking Dead and we just happen to have uh, or I just happen to have um, Ashley Robinson um, did an episode of Unplugged. Um, So she is the co-producer of the show. So that's really cool that there's this like overlap. Right. I love that. That's really neat. Um, And you know, so I, I, it makes sense. So your voice is your signature, right? And I get why, you know, they'd want to have a contract so that, you know, you're representing that brand and you're basically like, you are the voice of that brand. Um, But curious, like, is that a good thing because it's that like consistent gig, the consistent pay, or could it be a bad thing because of the contract element and, you know, um, the kind of like limitation because of the contract? That's actually a really great question. And so, um, you know, there's different uh, guides that are used to determine how much a voice actor should make. So if anyone listening is ever wondering, uh, two of the resources that we use are the GVAA rate guide and gravy for the brain, which you can Google and, and you can see exactly what people should be paid. What happens sometimes is that, um, certain companies will try to get you to do a commercial in perpetuity, meaning they could just use it forever. And the problem with that is if down the road, another brand wants to hire you and they say, hey, I would like you exclusive for this year while this commercial airs, 
you can't give that to them because you did this in perpetuity ad. So I'm always advocating for voice actors to try to negotiate out of it or just avoid it completely because that's where a real issue can pop up. But it's it's very common, um, you know, when you're working with agents, managers, or at the very high level, the professional level of voiceover, where a brand would want exclusivity. And so it's something we're kind of used to and prepared for. And we can decide whether or not we want to audition for that project or pass on it for whatever reason. Um, but typically, like, the pay should be, you know, worth it for you to say, okay, for this one year, I'm not going to do any other fast food restaurants or I won't do any other um, banks or anything like that. Um, but but it's definitely a challenge <laughs> sometimes to try to decide, like, what am I doing here? And so, you know, for a year and a half, I was just working with Xfinity and I was perfectly thrilled and happy to do it. And then they ended up taking Xfinity rewards in a different direction. And that's the only reason that, you know, we didn't do any more commercials going forward, but it was such a great experience. I loved it. Oh, cool. And uh, again, like another element I I would have never known about, you know, the fact that um, you have to be mindful of that and what you're signing up for, because you would think like you're so excited to get that job. You're like, oh, yeah, heck, yeah, I'll take that job. But like you really have to think what are the consequences of that specific, you know, gig? Yes. I literally talk to people about this all the time. I'm like, it's, I know you're excited, but it's not worth it to do that in perpetuity ad with that big brand because you think it's going to get you ahead. You know, you think, oh, I booked this big job. So now I can go, you know, submit to an agency and they'll take me because I have this commercial. And it's like, there's so many other things that go into it. And I think one of the best things I learned when I kind of took my career, I was doing it sort of part-time and sort of for fun, you know, from like 2014 till 2020. And then in 2020, I really stepped it up. And one of the best people I met was this voice actor, Maria Pendolino, who really took me under her wing and mentored me. And one of the best things she taught me was about like the art of negotiation and getting what you're worth, which is something that's still kind of hard for me. And actually I still talk to her and sometimes I say, I need your help with this situation or whatever. Um, But see, there's just another piece of voiceover that people don't think about. Like, it's so much more about your voice. You need to be willing or able to look at a job and say, okay, what are the terms of this? And is it worth it? And should I be negotiating or like, what do I do? You know, do I bring my agent into it or do I negotiate it myself? And there's so many factors that go into it. And I feel like I learned so much about the business side from her and I'm super thankful. Yeah, because I would think, okay, so you have these agents and people like that, and they're supposed to be working in your best interest, of course, but, you know, they're getting a cut, you know, so are they really working in your best interest? You know, you're hoping, but a mentor, that's totally different. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I do think my agents do try to work, you know, in my best interest and in the voice actor's best interest, because they they definitely don't necessarily want to see you locked out of something you know, out of a a particular, this is all, by the way, related to commercial, like this kind of exclusivity and the usage, like that's all when we're talking about commercial um, projects. So it wouldn't really relate like if somebody wanted to use it on their YouTube channel. Though sometimes brands will ask for you to be exclusive with them for that as well. But anyway, yeah, I mean, I think agents do try to look out for our best interest, you know, and if they could try to get out of the exclusivity. It could be helpful so that we can keep auditioning for things, hopefully booking and making money. But they know as well as I do that that's just part of the industry. Um, But yeah, having a mentor who's, you know, was ahead of me and, you know, booking bigger projects and making more money and and super established in the industry, like well-respected. I mean, it's just, 
it, it was just one of the best things that helped me when I got going because I didn't know what I didn't know. And <laughs> I definitely made mistakes along the way. I still make mistakes from time to time. And having this person that I can, you know, we're friends as well. And I worked for her for a while. Um, I learned so much about the way she runs her business. And um, it, it's really, you know, it's been very career changing and life changing. Ah. And the mistakes are not by your fault, you know? Yeah, like, you just don't I, know what you don't know. I mean, it's like I never intentionally try to make a mistake or do something that would upset anyone or, I don't know, like cause an issue. But, you know, it's like there's no handbook on how to do this. Whereas for a lot of careers, obviously, you can just go to school or learn on the job. Like you're, you kind of get thrown into it on your own and you're trying to take the advice of everybody around you and like you get conflicting advice and you're trying to figure it out. It's it can be very confusing and overwhelming. And one of the things that I like now about teaching and coaching and, you know, I mentor people as well is just trying to be that voice that that kind of guides them along and gives that. I try to be unbiased when I'm giving my opinions, but, you know, like it's a little hard. But yeah, I, mean, it, it's, I, I tell people it's like the Wild West out here. Like it is it is a very, very difficult industry. It's fantastic and amazing and fun. And I I love the community of voice actors, but it's very hard. I, I would, um, you know, guess that that is the case because you're doing again, like all those different types of jobs. So you're, you can't really compare apples to apples in your industry because, you know, as you, um, grow in your craft, that changes your value, you know, the types of jobs change the value of it. So there's so many different factors that are unique to your industry, exactly like you said, that are not like with traditional occupations. So yeah, to you. <laughs> definitely, definitely hard, worth it, but hard. You have to be super resilient. You have to have thick skin and you have to kind of, you know, be willing to learn as you grow and sometimes be a little bit humbled when you make a mistake, but it's okay. Like sometimes people act like, oh, if you make a mistake, you're going to get blacklisted and nobody's going to work with you. I mean, unless you're like a straight up jerk, like then that's a different story, but an innocent mistake, you know, for not knowing, no. Ah, well, okay. So that sounds actually, I was going to ask you about the challenges of your craft, but I feel like that, you know, pretty much addressed that. Oh my gosh. <laughs> we don't have enough time. <laughs> There's like so many, so many challenges to try to overcome in this industry. Yeah. I mean, I mean, the only thing I think of that's like a, like just like a specific example would be like when I first started booking kind of big jobs with big brands, uh, the first brand I booked with that was like really well-known was L'Oreal. I was super excited. And then like almost immediately after I booked with VSP Vision Insurance and they were doing like a campaign for renewing your health insurance. So it must've been around, you know, the fall for open enrollment and things like that. And they kept saying that I didn't sound conversational enough in their feedback. And I, I started getting really stressed because like, Sounding conversational is like, for commercial, it's like the number one thing you need to have. And for whatever reason, I was just kind of having a hard time with it. And I kept sending back like a new take. And then they would say, that's not really it. And I was like, oh my gosh, they're going to fire me or something. So um, I called my voiceover coach, who's a casting director in New York. His name is Daikim Lyles. And again, like just an amazing person to have met in the voiceover industry. He was like, schedule a Zoom, like let's, let's figure this out. So he sat with me with this script and I must have said, I must have read it like a hundred times and he was helping me so much. And he literally like, you know, saved this project and made sure that I was able to deliver 
the copy properly, but also, it, I mean, just being able to get that down helped me in so many other ways going forward as well. But it was definitely very stressful. I had been recast earlier in the year by a very big brand and it was super upsetting at the time, but I've kind of learned like, you know, to kind of roll with it. It was still kind of early in my professional career. But yeah, I, I got nervous that maybe they, they were going to recast me too, but they didn't. And I actually ended up doing multiple videos with VSP as well. So uh, I was probably just being too hard on myself. <laughs> oh yeah, it. see, all that hard work paid off. And, you know, again, in the beginning of your career, that's what shapes you, right? You're not going to be yeah. like, you know, landing every single gig, like perfection. So yeah, I mean, I think like when I came into voiceover, like coming from radio, I, I had got like, I was only an intern for a few months before I was on the air. And then, you know, it was just like, I moved from station to station. I, you know, the morning show, I did the afternoon drive. So, I mean, my progression of radio was like pretty fast and not that it came easy to me, but I don't know, like it, it didn't feel so hard all the time. And then the same with becoming an entertainment reporter and a podcaster, like I kept asking for opportunities and people were giving them to me like interview opportunities. And so everything kind of just happened naturally and felt easy. And then I got to the professional world of voiceover and I was like, okay, this is really hard. And I, I really like struggled to get my footing at first, um, which some people may not believe as they see the things that I book, but it was really difficult and, and really stressful in the beginning. But a lot, I did so much coaching, by the way, so much coaching. So like so many classes, so many workshops uh, to like learn about the art of voiceover and how to be authentic and conversational and believable. Well, it's amazing that you stuck with it. That's really cool um, because, you know, you could have been like those other things to your point came easier for you and that hadn't been and you are you could have been like, ah, well, forget it. Maybe I'm just not going to do this. But, you, you know, you again, like you put in all that effort and look at where you are today. <laughs> <laughs> I always tell people, if you haven't thought about quitting at least once, are you even a voice actor? Like we all have those moments where we're like, forget it. I quit. It's too hard. I can't do it. And then, you know, like five minutes later, it's like, I'm just kidding. I'm going to go audition. <laughs> no, but you just gotta, everybody has those moments where you're like, this is just, it's too much. It's too hard. You know? Um, so sometimes people come to me in coaching, be like, I don't know, like the other day I was thinking about quitting. I'm like, well, just welcome to voiceover. You know, <laughs> like it's, it's okay to have those moments. It's just important that you don't actually follow through with it and that you kind of dig deep and just keep pushing through. And see, now you have that business, which we'll get to going a little bit backwards. You you have that, you know, passion. You enjoy playing video games. So you play competitive video games, League of Legends, Call of Duty in your spare time. What's it like to play those video games, but then do voicing for the video games? That's got to be wild. Yeah, it, no, it's really cool. I mean, I I play so much video games in my spare time, like probably too much, but that's fine. I really enjoy it. And and so yeah, I play like League, Call of Duty, uh, Valorant. I play Magic the Gathering. Um, right now I'm in the middle of a playthrough of Elden Ring, which is super fun. So I love video games. And um, I booked my first video game in 2020 and I was just so excited. Um, it was a game called Eye of the Temple. That's a VR game, a virtual reality game. And this this guy had been working on it for so long and I saw some footage of what he was working on and I messaged him and I was like, I mean, this is like, I'm not just saying this because I auditioned for the game. Like, this is actually like super impressive and I am so passionate about video games. And when he cast me, he said, oh, it was between you and another female and just your passion like pushed you over the edge. Like, so that was amazing. Um, And I voiced, you know, 
probably definitely about a, a dozen games over the past year alone. And every time I get cast in a new game, I'm so excited. I have some new games coming out this year that are very well known that I'm super excited about. So I mean, video games don't pay the most in voiceover, but it's the thing that gets me like the most hyped uh, whenever I book one because it really is my passion and I've always loved video games. But then like over the last like seven years or so getting into competitive games, um, I feel like that passion has grown even more. That's got to be so cool when you're playing a game. And I don't know if you say this to people or not, but you could be like, yeah, I'm playing this game against you. And that's me talking, yeah. by the way. <laughs> yeah, that's actually funny because uh, one time I was in the store and a commercial came on and it was me, like it was my voice. And I was like, I wanted to be like, it's, that's me, like on the commercial, you know, uh, but in video games too, like there are games um, that, you know, I play and there's a game coming out this year that I'm definitely going to play that I'm in. And uh, like the first thing I'm going to do when I get the game is run around and find my character <laughs> and go talk to myself. Like I'm, I'm super, super excited. I don't blame you. I would do the same yeah, thing. Yeah. It's really, it's really cool. It's very, very fun. And when I think about my like top goals and voiceover, uh, you know, if I think about like my top five goals, like a, a bunch of them are definitely certain video games that I would love to voice. <laughs> Oh, that's awesome. Now, okay, so you mentioned you have a son. Uh, I, I got to ask, so does he think the fact that your voiceover work for video games is like the coolest or not necessarily he likes it when he hears you do like a certain, let's say, product? Oh yeah, no, he's he's super supportive and he's actually a major competitive gamer. I mean, he plays games at a very high level. For example, Valorant, um, which is a tactical shooter that was made by Riot Games, he he's like the highest rank and and he's so good. And he he actually today he just sent me like this amazing play that he did. And I was like, why are you not putting this on YouTube shorts or TikTok? Like you need to show people how good you are. Um, but he definitely gets excited when I voice games. His friends think it's really cool too. Um, and he's like, all right. Like, don't make a big deal about my mom, please. Um, but yeah, like I'll send him things that I do. And um, this week I got some really great news. I, I signed with a talent management company that I had been talking to for years. And so I just told him about it and he was super excited for me. So my, my whole family has been unbelievably supportive, my parents and my sister. And really my sister is even the reason that I ended up kind of taking my career professional because it was her suggestion to take some Zoom classes in New York or, you know, during the pandemic to learn more about the professional world of voiceover. So yeah, my family's been great. We're a tight little Italian family. What can I say? Hey, I love hey, it. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I know what you're saying. <laughs> And that's got to be um, really great to have that support system because, you know, we all have those tough days in life, but it's such a difference when you feel like people are pulling for you, I, I think, you know, so that's pretty oh, incredible. Yeah. This week has had, this week alone has had so many ups and downs, like it's ridiculous and it's only Thursday, <laughs> you know, I mean, it had this highlight of signing with ACM talent and, um, but even through the the tougher parts of the week. Like I'm always on the phone with my mom or my dad or texting my sister or messaging my son on discord. Like I literally talk to them all the time and we're going to all see each other this weekend for my dad's birthday, which is nice. But you know, like through good and the bad, they're always there. Even when I teach workshops, my parents come to the workshops like and listen, even though, you know, they just, they just love to see my sister and I run a lot of the workshops together because my sister helps me out with my career. And so my parents love seeing us together 
together on Zoom, you know, teaching or working together. And and they they literally show up at every workshop. So people in the chat are always like, oh, the whole family's here. <laughs> it's very funny. <laughs> That's the best. I love that. That's like the sweetest story. You don't hear things like that. I love that. They're great. I mean, I you know, my parents... Um, retired in 2019, but they have been married for almost 50 years and they directed together um, since the 70s. And um, so they had a family business and my sister and I worked at it and we've always done everything together. So when they retired, my sister had already moved to New York and then um, they left the business and I didn't really want to be in charge. I didn't want to like sit in board meetings and plan finances all day. So I I kind of said, I don't really want to take over. So they ended up turning it over to somebody else. And without my parents there, it just didn't feel like a family business. Obviously, they're not there. So it just felt weird like to do this with my family my whole life. And then suddenly everybody had gone their own way. So it's weird that voiceover has sort of brought my family back together because like I said, my sister and I work together every day. And then my parents show up to like all the workshops. It's just so funny. It's like, it's almost like they feel like they're at a play. Like they're just sitting and watching me talk about like, you know, quoting for voiceover or like marketing for voiceover. It doesn't affect their life at all, like to know this information, but they just come because, you know, that's That's how much they love you. Yeah, we've always just done everything together. Like it doesn't even matter. I'm like in my forties and a full grown adult, like they're still my parents and they still are proud of me and, and show up to things. I know that I'm lucky because I know like everyone's families are not that supportive. And I was making like a major life change at 40. I I didn't want to take over the family business, which obviously can be a point of contention among a family, you know? And then on top of it, like I made this major career change that was super risky. Like I didn't know if I could really do it. And if I couldn't do it, I didn't know if I was going to kind of lose my apartment and have to move home. But you know, my parents and my sister and my son were just like, you can do this. And I feel like that really helped me. And I, I love that you followed your joy, basically. You know, like I could not see you being an accountant in an office. I'm sorry. No, no. and I can't sit in meetings all day. It's just not for me. And and I mean, I feel like that's a lot of credit to my parents for like listening to me and, you know, understanding that my path isn't their path and that's okay. Like I've always, I, I don't want to let them down. And my dad told me like, you know, you could never let me down. And so like, it's really, I mean, I'm, I'm really lucky because I feel like, you know, uh, a lot of families have a lot of opinions about <laughs> what each other should be doing or should not be doing. And I feel like, especially um, my dad has always, you know, my dad just lets me be like who I am and really supports me. And so it's really nice. You know, (laughs) I really appreciate it. It's, I said, what are the, you have to come to a workshop sometime and just see them sitting in the zoom, you know, they're just like chilling in their dining room, eating dinner. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I would love to do a workshop (laughs) for multiple reasons, but that'd be funny. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. They're all, believe me, they're always there. And they obviously respect you so much, which is really cool because, you know, that's nice to have in life, you know, when you, when you know that your parents value what you're doing and respect that what you're doing. So honestly, it's very nice. And it's been, I feel like it's been a really important, you know, I I think like throughout this conversation, I've been talking about people along the way, you know, especially over the last three years that have been very important parts of this whole journey. Like it's weird because voiceover is very much a lone wolf kind of industry at times. You're really on your own, but then you kind of learn along the way that you really do need people around you as well to support you. I have great friends and great family, a a great mentor, great coaches, you know, great agents, managers. Like I have this support system around me. Sometimes I like people are so nice to me. Sometimes I'm like, 
is this real? Like what's happening? My, like my, like my Twitter followers, I don't, I don't even like, but we call them like Twitter mutuals since we follow each other. Like the voice actors that follow me on Twitter are like the nicest, like most hype you up kind of people ever. And I, I joke with like sometimes on Twitter, I'm like, who would have thought that like one of the most positive places that I visit each day is Twitter. <laughs> Cause it's just kind of known sometimes for being like dramatic or people arguing about things or whatever. But honestly, like I, there's like a couple thousand people that follow me on Twitter and they're just the nicest people. I mean, yesterday announcing that I had signed with ACM, my social media was blowing up all day. People that I know, you know, just through social media, emailing me, sending me voice memos, texting me like, oh my gosh, it was crazy. Like I have a lot of great people around me. And so I'm super thankful. Well, community is really a big deal. So community has always been very important to my family. That was their whole thing with theater was like, we're not here to make stars. We're here to form a community. We want people to feel welcome and seen and heard. And so I've tried to bring that piece of my family into voiceover. And I feel like, I feel like I'm, I am doing that. You know, when I do, when I teach workshops, sometimes hundreds of people, you know, from around the world sign up and come and I try to make everybody feel welcome and supported. And then I get that back in return. And it's been so nice. I mean, again, there's all these other things that have nothing to do with like my voice or voicing a project. Like it's, I don't know, it's like all these other little things that just make it so great. Well, that's a beautiful sentiment. I love it. My parents are going to love this episode because I'm just singing their praises. Uh, I'm gonna, yeah, I'm going to tell my dad afterwards. I'm like, you are going to love this episode. I'm telling you. <laughs> shout outs to mom and dad. Yeah, shout out to Fran and Gary. <laughs> no, okay. Because uh, of again, of course, you, you know, your occupation, you have so much variety involved. Um, what has been a character that would be your favorite to voice? And what is a character that you would never voice? And I don't know if character is maybe the right word. I mean, when it comes to, uh, I mean, when it comes to something I wouldn't voice, it really depends. <clears throat> I actually just turned down an, uh, an audition just about a week or two ago with a casting director that I really like and who really likes me. Um, but the brand just, like, I just didn't feel comfortable with it um, because I work so much with kids and teens. And one of my goals is to voice with Disney. Like, I'm, you know, I'm like a very G-rated <laughs> kind of person. So, you know, like the brand, there's nothing wrong with the brand. It's just, they're a little edgy. And I just was like, ah, like, I don't think I can do it. So I respectfully declined the audition. And then I met with the casting director separately just because I was doing a coaching with her. And I said, hey, so I turned down that audition and like, I'm so sorry. And here's why. And she was like, you don't need to explain yourself. Like if you're not comfortable with it, it's totally fine. Don't even worry about it. So there are times that I turn things down. There was another one I turned down that was like for uh, like a cannabis company. And you know, again, whatever everybody wants to do, totally fine. But for me, I just was like, I didn't feel that comfortable uh, voicing it. So I turned it down. So it's kind of like depends on what it is. Um, as for characters I want to voice, again, like just back to video games, like, you know, my dreams are, are voicing with, you know, League of Legends, Valorant, Call of Duty, Fortnite, World of Warcraft, o Overwatch. Like, I mean, any one of those would just be like a dream. And I have friends that have been in those games and to watch them is like the coolest thing ever. I'm not even jealous. I'm just like amazed and in awe of them. So I feel like I'm getting closer. I'm pulling for you again. Right? <laughs> and then we can celebrate. <laughs> yes. And, you know, I have a lot of respect because, you know, you could be like, oh, I'm just going to take everything because, you know, it's an offer, right? And you, you recognize, 
you know, that's a, a great thing, but if it doesn't like flow with you mesh with like, you know, your, your values and stuff. Um, I, I just really respect you for making those tough decisions and not taking it just to take it. And you sharing that goal that you have for Disney, that makes so much sense that aligns that value aligns with that client, you know, potential client. So I mean, they may not care. I don't know if they, I mean, I would th- they might care. And so, you know, they might care like what else I have voiced or what else might be airing, you know, right now with my voice on it. So I'm very mindful of that. And again, also just because of working with kids and teens, being a mom as well. Like, I'm just like, listen, if my son would see this and be like, uh, like cringe, no mom. Like, you know, I really think, I mean, even though he's, a, he's an adult, like I still think about it though. Like what am I comfortable with and not comfortable with? And January is notoriously a terrible month for voiceover. It's super slow because people are coming back from the holidays. Like not a ton of action happens because there was so much happening around the time of the holidays. And then coming up in February, you have like the Super Bowl, and then we get into like, you know, springtime. So, you know, January is just a dead month. And so when that audition came through and I was staring at it, I was like, like, I feel like I'm really good for it. Like the the casting specs or specifications were like right on with my voice. I'm like, it's just not worth it. Like I, I was really, for a minute, I was like, I'm so broke though right now. Like maybe I should. And then I was like, now, nah, you know what? Like I need to kind of stay true to myself. And, and, and I'm going to hope that a casting director would understand. And she did. She was so phenomenal. We had a great conversation about it. So I felt so much better. I mean, you don't always get to talk to the casting director. I just happened to have a call with her that week and we were just, you know, that kind of came up. So that definitely took the pressure off me. (laughs) Well, you have to be proud of staying true to yourself. And I would like to hope because you made that tough decision, decision like that, that like something cool is going to come and make that up to you. So I always feel like the right opportunities are going to come your way. Like even back in 2020, when I got recast by that big brand, I literally like cried in my bed and was like, that's it. My career's over. I'm terrible. (laughs) Like I've made a mistake. Nobody wants to cast me. Like I was like spiraling, you know, like within a few months, I mean, I did other work, but within a few months is when I booked L'Oreal and that project with L'Oreal, that one video turned into to 10 videos on their YouTube channel. Having the project with L'Oreal got me my agent in New York. Getting my agent in New York got me my first national commercial. So it's like the right thing showed up at the right time. Even signing with ACM Talent this week, which is something I've been trying, I've been going back and forth with them for years. It's the right time now. It wasn't the right time then. They said no to me more than times than I can count. And that's okay. But I, I've, I'm trying to be better about, you know, it's okay to turn things down. It's okay if you don't get something even if it's not voiceover, just in life, the right opportunities will show up when they're meant to be there. Well, congratulations, by the way, on ACM. And then do you think you have like a greater appreciation for like, of course, you would have loved it if you got on with them earlier, right? But do you think you kind of have like a, a deeper appreciation for it now? Or? Yeah, for sure. I mean, last night, Marcus, who's the co-founder of ACM and who initially reached out to me to finally join up together. Uh, he was doing a live talk on LinkedIn and he like brought me up on the stage <laughs> to talk. And and what we were talking about was that perseverance was, you know, not giving up when and he, he never said no because I was bad. Like he has always told me that he thinks I'm talented and that he, you know, appreciates my hustle and my drive. He's just, he kept saying, it's it's not the right time. And I'm like, okay, so if it's not the right time now, then that means that there might be a right time coming up. So I would just keep following up with him and stay in touch with him. And yeah, I honestly, I really do appreciate it. Cause I did say, 
last night when he and I were talking, I said, when I first submitted, like, I, I, I don't think I was ready. And actually someone told me I wasn't ready. And I was like, oh, how dare they think I'm not ready, but I wasn't ready and that's okay. So yeah, I have a very, I have a very deep appreciation for it. Um, it's, it's not an easy roster to get on at all. It's an extremely competitive roster. The people on there are like the best of the best. So, so I'm, I'm very appreciative that they, you know, felt like this was the right time. And I, I'm not like bitter that they said no to me before. If anything, I always tell people like hearing no sometimes like fuels my fire. Like, okay, that's fine. You could say no now. And you know, I'll try again in six months. Like it, it doesn't really bother me to hear no, honestly. This is going to happen people. So right? I'm, like, it's, I'm like, I'm like, listen, ACM, it's happening one way or the other. It may not be today. <laughs> like it really was the right time. I had really built my business up. Um, I feel a lot more confident in myself as a voice actor. Um, I feel really established and like I've built great relationships. So yeah, it was definitely the right time. You know, the start of this new year, it's perfect. And yeah, I'm definitely, like you said, because I had to wait and work for it, I am really appreciative of it. Persistence and trust. Right? You just got to believe. You just got to, and I've always, I always thought, you know, maybe there, like, maybe there's a chance, like this is actually going to work, it's going to work out. And you know what? It did, but it was literally three years of really building that relationship and staying in touch and following up and having a really nice relationship anyway with Mark at ACM before I even, you know, joined up with them. So yes, patience and anything that you want. I mean, some people, I was just joking with one of my friends because she just told me that she's, that she joined up with this really big agency in LA and she's been doing this much for much less time than me. And I joked with her. I said, like, you're on the red eye and I have like 87 connecting flights. Like my, like my journey is a little bit, you know, it was not the fastest, but but she and I have gotten to the same place. We took different paths, but sometimes you sometimes people kind of skyrocket overnight in anything that they try, and sometimes it takes longer and that's fine. Like I I don't mind being patient, you know, if it's going to get me where I'm trying to go. Like what if I told you in 3 years you could have, you know, everything you wanted, you just need to you know, be patient. Like, of course you would, you know, I didn't know that that's what was going to happen, but it's definitely worth it. Well, I, I would say I will be patient for the first time in my life. If you <laughs> said that. Uh, yes, you and me both. I'm literally the least patient person ever, but <laughs> I don't know if I was totally patient all the time, but, but I just, you know, I never took it personally because I know that they always thought that I was good. And even when I don't get cast in things, I don't think it's because I'm bad. I just think it's because I wasn't the right voice for that project. And it has actually has nothing to do with me or my talent at all. And that's been like a really long lesson. It took me a long time to learn it, but it's one of the best lessons I learned in voiceover. It's just, it's not personal at all. It has nothing to do with me. I love your attitude. And I think um, definitely in a business like yours, that would serve you well to have an attitude like that. Otherwise you could probably self-sabotage, you know? So people get super upset. They get negative, you know, they get down on themselves. Like (laughs) sometimes people like schedule a coaching with me and be like, talk me off the ledge because I've just had it, you know, with this and that. And so I'm, I'm not always like the most positive, but it's like a choice every day to try to be positive. And I think that comes from a lot of challenges in my life and going through some very difficult times, like coming out the other side of it in like, you know, 2019, 2020, I just sort of made this decision. Like I just want to try to approach things with a lot of positive and gratitude and kindness and empathy towards people. And, you know, it really does make a difference, especially, you know, if you could just not take rejection personally, I think in, in anything, I think it can be very helpful. Uh, I think that's a great lesson to share with people. 
Now, okay, so you you have a mentor and you do mentor or others yourself. You know, I mentioned in the intro about your Positive Voices Studio. Uh, how did you start that business? Like, how did it come about? And what is most rewarding about that to you? Well, it actually started in January of 2020, but LOL, we all know what happened. And the pandemic hit me two months later. So Positive Voices was initially a vocal performance studio. So it's like after school programs for kids and teens. And I had a ton of students in my hometown and we had all these performances lined up. Like we were going to perform at a cancer benefit and a little league opening day and at the senior center and, and all these different things. And then the pandemic hit. So first of all, I was like, oh my gosh, like, what am I going to do about them? Because obviously they were super stressed and a lot of them very scared. Um, They kind of ranged in age from like um, as young as five and six years old through juniors and seniors in high school. So, So the first thing I did was try to figure out any way virtually that I could help them. So um, we started doing like class and rehearsals online through Zoom, which was super challenging, like trying to sing on Zoom with a delay because there's like a one second delay. We had a joke that year and they, they were all like the one second delay because nobody could sing, uh, you know, at the same time. Um, But then I started meeting like, so, you know, by the time the early summer had hit, I had lost a couple of months of income. It was getting a little sketchy on my side. So I started pursuing voiceover, you know, more fully. But I was meeting with the kids outside every week, multiple times a week from May all the way through the end of 2020. And during that time, I did five live performances with them, like masked and apart and all this like cones to separate them and hand sanitizer. And oh my gosh, it was so much. So many kids lost so much during that time that my whole focus was like, I'm not letting them go through this year losing everything. I mean, it just felt like one thing after another, like you know, from sports to theater to every socialization, they were losing everything. So I literally threw myself into that. And then I also, at the time, started teaching some workshops online, even though I didn't know a ton about voiceover at the time, but I was just trying to help other people. Like there were a lot of theater actors that were out of work. Um, A lot of my sister's friends in New York. So I started doing some Zoom classes and then I started teaching the kids how to do voiceover. And some of them took to it I mean, like they just learned it so well that they started voicing with like Walmart and Target and Nintendo and PBS. And it was like, wow, this is so, I mean, amazing, this gift in the middle of this terrible pandemic. And then I transitioned the studio over to being just a virtual voiceover studio and recording studio. And so it... I mean, like, again, none of of this was actually supposed to necessarily happen if it wasn't for the pandemic. Like, I wouldn't even be here talking to you about any of this. I would still just be singing in my small hometown outside for 90-year-olds at bingo night. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I I just, like, didn't know that this is what was going to happen. It all kind of came out of necessity. So that's kind of how the business came about. And just the most rewarding part about having the business has been helping as many people as I can. Now, I over the last three years, I've literally, you know, taught, coached, or had in a workshop thousands of voice actors from all over the world, from all walks of life, all ages, all races, all ethnicities, like all sexual orientations, like everything you could think of. And it's like, I've met so many people been interesting. I mean, it's been crazy because I just come from this kind of small hometown in Connecticut. That's, I don't know. It's just, it's not that diverse and there's not a whole lot of culture necessarily. And so I feel like I've just, I've learned so many things and and I, I especially love working with the kids and the teens. Now I coach a lot of professional kids 
kids that are on Paw Patrol and Coco Melon, and they're awesome. And they're from all over the country. So even though my theater days and my teaching days are over, like I've tried to take, like I said earlier, that sense of community, you know, teaching, helping people, um, mentoring. I mentor some people for free when I can. Um, you know, I, I volunteer like, you know, my time for things. So um, that's been the best part because I, I saw this interview with this guy uh, who had lost his whole family in an accident and he was talking to his therapist and he said, um, do you ever think I'll be happy again? And the therapist said, I don't know about happy, but I do know that you, what you need to find, you know, he's like, you're asking the wrong question. What you need to find is your purpose. And I had gone through such an extremely difficult time, like in 2017, 2018. Um, I had a lot of health issues. I went through depression, which is so crazy for me because I'm not, I don't really feel like I'm a depressed person, but um, kind of coming out of the other side of that, I feel like this, all of this has been my purpose. And then that gave me happiness and confidence. Oh, wow. We're getting, I like, love we're getting that. real deep down here. You thought we were just going to talk about voiceover. <laughs> we're talking about like life. <laughs> we're talking about like the real, the real stuff, but it's, it's really true. I mean, uh, voiceover has saved me in like many ways. It saved me financially, like in a very difficult time, but it like saved me at, like as a person in a lot of ways too. And I, I tell people in voiceover, you don't even like, you couldn't even understand the impact that you have on me. And it might not even be someone I've ever even met in real life. It might be like, just people I interact with on Twitter, you know, but it's, it's really helped me in a lot of ways. And, um, so that, that's, that's kind of a long answer to like, how did it come about and what's the most rewarding, but really like, it's, I feel like that not being on a national commercial like this, what we're talking about here, like positive voices, that is like my purpose. And that is my passion. First of all, thank you for sharing. I really appreciate that because, you know, I want, listeners and myself to learn, you know, and hear what's real. Uh, you know, we all know in life, not everything is sunshine and rainbow. So telling it to us straight is appreciated. I try. I try. And I think it's important because like I was saying earlier, like authenticity is so important in voiceover. So I've tried to share a little bit more about myself as well. And and I used to be a, like a much more guarded person in that, like I was a lot more sarcastic. Like I had this kind of sense of humor, even with the kids sometimes when I would teach them, I'd be like, how come you don't get mad at me? Like, cause I'm very sarcastic with you. And they're like, cause we know you don't really mean it, but, <laughs> but, Aww. and they're, they're, they were always so great to me, but you know, like, I feel like I've softened up and I've opened up a lot as a person. And that comes from, you know, just voiceover in general, it's kind of helped me, you know, in that way. So I don't mind sharing my story. And I think it's good to hear, like you said, the good and the bad. It's not sunshine and rainbows. It wasn't always an easy path. Some days are really hard, but I love it. And I, I literally, I wouldn't trade any of it, you know? So I think it's, it's good to hear all sides. Yeah, absolutely. Now, okay. With Positive Voices Studio, that came up, you know, since that was like a more recent project for you, is that something that you would like to carry with you like throughout your career? Because it's kind of like you're giving back full circle type of connection. Yeah. I mean, I think so. I feel like my path, like eventually when I'm like too old to, to voice the things that I voice is like, you know, maybe it's, you know, just doing more coaching and teaching. Maybe it's like, helping talent, like through being in, I don't know, an agent or casting director or manager or something. But yeah, I feel like I, I always want positive voices to be part of what I'm doing. And some days it's, I'm so busy. It's like hard for me to focus on that too. But because it's my passion, like I'll find a way one way or the other to make time for it. In fact, today I have a kid, she's got like this really big audition. Um, 
she's nine. And I'm like, I'm, I'm so busy today. And her mom's like, can you please help her? And I was like, yeah, like as soon as I finish recording this podcast, but before I do my next thing, like I will jump on zoom with her and, you know, like figure it out. So, so I just can't help myself to, to have this kind of just be part of my, my everyday. I don't really see myself ever letting it go, you know? Well, that's very honorable and you are awesome. <laughs> Thanks. Before I let you go off to your next thing, then can you share with um, our Unplugged listeners like what you have coming up? Two really big games this year. Uh, one of them I can say, I just can't say who I am in it. Um, but there's a game coming out called Gord, which was made by the same devs as The Witcher. And The Witcher series is very popular. Um, and so I'll be in that, but that's all I can say. And then there's another game coming out that's like a very well-known name, but a lot of times you have to sign an NDA or a non-disclosure agreement, which I did have to sign. So I don't get to say, um, but, but oh. I know it's, uh, it's so hard to sit on things and not tell anybody. Like uh, sometimes projects will come out and my friends are like, Oh, you're in that. I'm like, I know. I'm sorry. I couldn't tell you. Cause I signed a legal document saying I wouldn't tell anybody. Um, but yeah, I have some really exciting games coming up and then potentially a commercial with a brand that I um, have worked with before that I'm excited about as well. And yeah, I mean, voiceover is hard because you can never really say what you're doing. And so, you know, like I sometimes want to say to people, like, I swear I'm doing stuff. I just can't talk about it right now. And I promise that in a few weeks or a few months, like I'll be able to actually share it. But that's the hardest part about voiceover sometimes because you're so excited is just not saying anything. But I think there's a lot of really good things ahead this year. I wish you the best. And again, I'm so happy for you for the ACM. And, you know, we have to wonder, is Gina a voiceover actor or is Gina uh, an investigative reporter of some kind or an undercover agent? We don't know. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> All these not. mysteries. No. Yeah, exactly. I have the worst poker. I'd be the worst undercover agent ever. I'd probably blow it in the first two seconds. I can never do a practical joke on anybody. I like, I don't know. I just burst out laughing and I, or I can't do, I can't lie. So I would, I'd be the word definitely if, if I was not doing voiceover. I promise I wouldn't be an undercover agent. Well, we are very happy you're a voiceover actor. Yeah, me too. <laughs> Gina, thank you for taking the time to unplug with me today. You have been like a, a, a major blast. Um, I'm just so excited for all the things you have coming up ahead. Thank you so much for having me, by the way. Like, I had such a good time. This is such a great conversation, by the way. Like, it was about so much more than voiceover itself, like talking about just life in general. And I really, really enjoyed it. So thank you. Ah, uh, thank you. Well, to my listeners, remember, be curious, be kind, and be bold. <laughs>